Welcome to Projects from the Heart podcast. Listen as we talk with changemakers who are forging ahead to follow their dreams and passions. Get inspired by these trailblazers and hear them share their secrets of success. Find that aha moment, that inspired one-liner that will propel you to live your dreams and a more fulfilled life. Hello, woman beyond ordinary. Yes, we are back with an amazing new episode and an amazing guest here. I'm Ingrid Verkamme and your host for this episode. Hello, hello. Sometimes our lives are smooth and we think we have everything under control. The future is set in stone and we do not even think to change direction. We are happy or we think we are until during a split second everything changes and our guest of today, Terry Mitchell, came across such a split second. Sometimes it takes a drastic intervention in our lives to discover your passion, your real purpose. I had the privilege to have had a long conversation with Terry and it was for her deep down to find her passion. What is it that nourishes her at soul level? We can find out in coming conversation with her. She at this prompting from her heart to do something to help others. And her repeated question, what can I do for the community, got answered. And it was so obvious. She just rolled into it and she found fulfillment at the core of her life. Yes, be prepared because this can happen to you too. This transition to a life with deeper purpose. For me, Terry Mitchell is an inspiration she is a beautiful, fair-haired woman living in Melbourne, Australia. And also her various career paths, including psychiatric nursing and her deep inner strength makes her beautiful from the inside out. Today, Terry is an emergent author, mentor and life guide, helping people arise from personal crisis through a deep dive process, which transforms and grounds people in their inner power and helps them discover their own voice and be heard. Her project from the heart is hosting events. She founded a speaker platform for aspiring speakers in the social change, inclusion and health space. Wow. Visit her at www.terrymitchell.com.au. Welcome to the show, Terry. Fabulous to have you here. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, I'm so looking forward to it, but it's, it's really exciting. Let's dive in. Terry, one can say your life changed just like that. What exactly occurred to you? My journey started as part of a car accident last year and realising that what my future looks like probably won't be what my past looked like. So in terms of what does that mean for me changing careers and going in different directions, it's a little bit pushed upon me because of the car accident, but kind of like a good motivation anyway, because my passion is always to try and to do something that brings help um, to others and change in society in a positive way. Yeah, but you were in a job when the accident happened. What kind of work were you doing? I was always involved in customer service. And when I say customer service, it can be anything from retail through to um, 
I've worked a lot in call centres, so I'm very familiar with communicating via the telephone with, um, with a customer base, um, partly sales, partly service. So I've always done one or the other, providing the best service and best care to a client. So it was almost inevitable that I'd be able to capitalise on those skills to take those forward. And that's sort of what started the journey, wanting to deliver extremely good customer service, like wow worthy, but realising it to, to do that, I'd have to have something to offer the client. And, and I didn't have a program or anything in place, which I've been developing through until I end up having the car accidents. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> am I correct to say that you finally found your passion after the accident? Yeah, I did. While I was recovering, I went to a speaker training course to learn how to speak publicly. And I'd had some experience, but I wanted a bit more formal training. I think I got bitten by the bug. <laughs> it meant that I wasn't sure that that course had provided me with enough information. So I studied again, to, did another course, and now I'm doing another course. And I'm at this stage finding that it's leading to more and more opportunities. During, as a consequence of the second course that I did, part of the challenge in that course as part of the task for assessment involved putting together, say, a room of five or 10 people and doing a video-based, um, meaning a video is running and recording presentation that you do to them, to the, whoever these five to 10 people, family, friends, it didn't really matter. And I thought, you know what, what if I take it the next step? What if I amp it up a little bit and book a hall, see if somebody else wants to speak with me and we just invite more people and that way we can have a, a little event out of it. And one thing led to another and it just presents the opportunity to give new aspiring speakers who, like me, needed the platform to learn to feel comfortable delivering their presentation in front of people. I'm not training them as such. I'm giving them the platform to speak. That's just been mind-blowing for the experience. Now it's led to me being accepted as a speaker at a conference, which is pretty amazing. Wow, so, it is amazing. So, yeah. uh, and the people that you give a platform to, do they have a specific topic to talk about? Yeah, we do um, tailor the topic. What I created was something that had to be within the social change and inclusion space. Okay. But I decided there were quite a lot of different horizontals as opposed to verticals, a lot of horizontals on that. So I went with the idea of social change and inclusion, which also includes, for me, diversity, uh, empowerment, growth through adversity, and healthy mindset. Any of those areas or topics, the general topics, um, any speaker could take one of those and have an, a vertical on that. So they could be talking about depression. They could be talking about surviving illness. They could be uh, talking about suicide, but they're doing it in such a way that inspires other people that there is hope after this. Um, you know, no matter what's happened, there is always hope. And that's really the theme for everything. And it's about including people and providing support and inclusiveness for anybody. For example, I had someone who spoke who never spoken before in front of an audience and he was in a wheelchair, he has spina bifida. So the experience is everybody's been able to step up or roll in on a wheelchair, as he put it, and present their topic to the audience. Now, the audience is anybody that may be their supporters, people they know, or people that are just interested in that particular topic. Yeah, we average about 15 people in the room each event. So it's, it's not big numbers, but it has been very awe-inspiring. Wow, that's amazing. You have one speaker at a time. Two speakers. Two speakers. Yeah. And we how, have two how, speakers. 
how long do they speak then? Because you have to fill an evening with it. Yeah, so yeah, so the event starts at seven o'clock with people giving time to arrive. The, the first speaker speaks at 7.30 and that goes for half an hour. So we allow them 25 to, minutes to half an hour to present their topic. So it's quite a long topic. I know the average talk time now is between 15 and 18 minutes based on you know, the demand at this stage. But I wanted to give them the chance to develop enough material that they could expand or if they need to do a shorter talk, they've already got the material. All they need to do is just tweak it to get to that shorter time. But I wanted to give them a 30-minute keynote-style opportunity. Once the first speaker has presented, there's a 30-minute break. So everybody gets a chance to um, network. There's refreshments provided, so tea and coffee and food to nibble on. And then the next speaker takes to the, the platform at uh, 8.30 and talks for the half hour. And then there's the wrap-up, which might take five to ten minutes. And it's all video recorded. So wow. the, speakers all, the speakers all get a show reel. And I'm crazy enough that I've never asked anybody to pay me anything for it. I want people just to have the experience. I try to get some people to at least pay tickets at the door to come in. And that has sort of worked. But I wasn't overly fussed about making money out of this. I really wanted it to be an experience and to see where it would lead to. So we'll see. A roller coaster that you went through, huh? To oh, yeah. Point. My God. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, well public speaking is considered the most scary thing to do. You need a lot of self-confidence to do that, isn't it? Yeah. The thing that I really wanted to create was an environment where even if they had to read from notes the very first time or they had to use a PowerPoint the very first time in order to feel comfortable to be in front of an audience, that's perfectly fine. Every speaker gets second and third chance to step up. The benefit proved itself in terms of one of my speakers who was the very first speaker who joined me um, in this little adventure. The first time she spoke, she used a PowerPoint and she was really well received. The second time she used a PowerPoint, but she was quite rattled. It didn't quite go technically to plan. It was a little bit distressing for her, but it was still a really lovely talk. I challenged her and said, the next time you speak, I want you to speak without notes. I want you to just be you. And she delivered. And it was amazing. Wow. So that lady has now gone on to create a mentor group of her own. She's... Um, oh, my God. How yeah, amazing. So she's helping. Uh, amazing. She's, she's involved in career mentorship for ladies from a migrant background. The support she's been providing them and gaining for them uh, has just been amazing. So just that little step that I gave to give her a platform to speak has now allowed her to have that ripple effect of helping other ladies. Yes, it's like you started really a movement, huh? Yeah. To and that was, people. Yeah. yeah, and that was the plan. The plan was to help speakers to find their way to influence the world and just continue to have that ripple effect. So if I can do one thing, who, whose life can I change? And one of the other speakers, who's a, a, a guy who'd been diagnosed with schizophrenia way back in his teens, and he has depression, he's had suicidal thoughts, he, he himself also did the same speaker training that I did at a different time, but he also had that same speaker training. And I was familiar with that training presentation that he did. And I thought, you know, this guy's got potential. So I contacted him and he was very anxious about presenting and particularly a 30 minute because 30 minutes does seem a long time. But eventually he stepped up. The audience loved him. He got a round of applause that was just put a beaming smile on his face and he hasn't stopped raving about the experience since. But what's been good about that is even when he's had some very dark days, I've reminded him of how good he 
presented, uh, how, how well he presented and how good the follow-on from that presentation was and it lifts his spirits and he's since gone on to speak elsewhere. So it's just that ripple effect. Yeah, that's amazing eh? because people gain confidence when they get applause. This storytelling is so important to change the world. Yeah. And uh, if, you, if you organize such an event, where do you get the room from then? Is that the sponsor's room? You are not asking any entry tickets. I had some issues, believe it or not, with providing the right kind of venue because I did want something that was wheelchair friendly. Obviously, one of my speakers being in a wheelchair. But also, I, because this, the presentations are all about being socially inclusive, I wanted to make sure the venue was socially inclusive, as in wheelchair accessible, etc. I actually found it really difficult to find a suitable venue that wasn't too ridiculously expensive, given I was paying for it out of my own pocket, but also had to provide the relative amounts of facilities. It had to be relatively accessible. It had to be car park um, friendly, so it had to be somewhere where the car park could um, allow for uh, free parking, so people weren't paying for parking. And I also had to have some kitchen facilities so that I could provide refreshments. And all of that just doesn't always happen. So it took some time. I went through different council uh, venues and had a look at. I looked at some private venues and I contacted hotels and all of that sort of thing. But it, look, it came down to the first, the first couple of times we just used a scout hall. Very rudimentary. But, hey, I was paying for it out of my own pocket. I had no idea what I was doing. So I thought, you know what, it's a venue. It will do. And it turned out to be a little too echoey, so we couldn't really use it. And it was too cold, far too kind of more like a cave than anything. The next venue was a, um, a private theatre, which was lovely but not wheelchair accessible, so I could only use that once. We then ended up at a community centre, which is fantastic. The only downside with it, it's just so far out of town. There aren't a lot of venues that, have, that can tick all the boxes. So it's like, wow, this is such an endeavour. I know next time that I've got my eye on a couple of different facilities and sponsorship is part of that process. So lessons yeah. to be learned. Yes, you're doing fine. It's amazing. Eh? You don't know how to do it, but you just do it. Excellent. And that's exactly what this project from the heart mm. is, is about. That yeah. people just do something. They don't know why they do it. They don't know <laughs> how they're going to do it, but they have this urge inside and mm. it makes them so happy. And yeah, I can see yeah. on your face that you're very happy with what you're doing. Yeah, and it's the, 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 I think what came of that was I wasn't really doing this for myself the first time, yes, because I was one of the speakers and I needed the speaking experience. It was mm. ironic to me that, and in a, in a tongue-in-cheek kind of way, it was ironic that my first ever presentation in front of those 15 people was absolutely horrible. I was so, so surprised <laughs> by how... I, I lost my wording, I was pausing and looking at the audience and, and in my head, the little voice in my head said, oh my goodness, I'm going to sit down, I can't do this. And instantly the other little voice kicked in and said, you have got people who showed up, you're going to show up. And it was like, I just kept going and in the end, when I watched my video back, I couldn't even see where I'd made the mistake. Because wow. the irony is I'd paused for so long, it just sounded like a really intended pause which is silly for me to have it in my head, but it was a great lesson. So I ended up presenting the second time at the next event because I thought while I'm still building this up and people are saying, hey, can I be part of this? I needed to be the encourager. So I 
had to be the person also presenting alongside them. Mm. And we presented at the second one and that I noticed that my message was a little different, but I was a little more confident. And I look at it and some of the feedback I got was I wasn't as dramatic or as dynamic as the first time. Oh my God. <laughs> interestingly, in my head, I'm thinking I was a little more serious and I thought I did really well because I remembered everything I wanted to say. As yeah. it turned out, I presented a third time because one of my speakers pulled out and it was like, oh no, just as well I've got something rehearsed, I'll just step in and be one of the speakers. I actually found it just came naturally. So it was like, that was the lesson that told me that sometimes we need more than one time to actually really feel comfortable delivering that message as a first time speaker, which is why offering at least three opportunities was what I was going to provide all of my speakers. And again, that's why 2020 may also involve this same program. I'm not sure yet. Well, you never know what comes out of it there. Who knows that uh, people are asking you to do it in other cities or towns? Yeah. Are there already people approaching you in that direction? Yes, yeah. Initially, when I started this, the first four months that I was doing this, I had people in the UK who have asked me to, um, to set it up over there, which is fantastic. Um, hasn't happened yet because I'm, my car accident has made I'm a little bit limited my mobility at the moment. So we have to just put that on hold. Some people from America certainly want me to do it, which is lovely. And, and again, that may happen, but just not quite yet. And mm -hmm. certainly interstate. So through Queensland, New South Wales and uh, down in Tasmania, I've had some good interest in people saying, well, you know, we'd love you to come down and, and set up. Biggest interest I had was in Canberra. So the Canberra conversation will probably happen. It was just eye-opening how, t to me, how important the first-time speaker opportunity really is. So mm -hmm. lessons to be learned. Yes, that's amazing how the universe responds when you do something really from your soul, your sole purpose. How on earth do these people in the UK knew what you were doing? Was it because you put it on YouTube or Vimeo or something? Yeah, um, through my connections on Facebook to start with, uh, through obviously just letting some of the people on Facebook know what doing and their support was amazing. And then they were basically saying, well, I want to be part of that. Can you know How can we make it so that you presented here and it's like well I'd love to come over I've got three people in the UK at this stage that I've had that conversation with and there's every chance that I will look at can we explore presenting something like this I want to refine what I'm doing first and make sure I've ironed out all the problem spots so that it's actually quite a process that a system that people can apply that said anyone can do this it's just being willing to do it and also being willing to shoulder some of the costs. I'm not very good at setting this stuff up because I, I learned that I could have had sponsors and I could have done all sorts of different things. I do realise that I held back a little because my injury has been a little bit limiting and I think that perhaps sat in my head too much and I did hold back. Maybe I could have pushed a, a little harder, but I had enough on my plate, so I was quite comfortable with what I was doing, but it's also given me a lot of experience. So people are now coming to me and asking me more about the experience. Uh, and the same for people that were in other parts of the country or, or overseas. So it's just through social media that they heard about it. Have you thought about write a book about it? I haven't thought about putting a book together, no. But I certainly could consider doing something like that. I am looking partly what I've thought about doing with this because it has been such a good experience. I wanted to see if I could use it as just one part of a whole collective range of services that I felt I would be able to deliver and part of that was to include 
not only mentoring some of the speakers because they are so new. I mean, obviously, I'm no no more really advanced than some of the new speakers. It's just that my interest is to become well-educated about it and practice a lot and try different things. So I've got the lessons in life that I can pass on to them that they may not get anywhere else. It, it doesn't look like you will get bored the coming weeks. <coughs> what is now your next step to take? So the idea of mentoring some speakers that present in this um, program is, is certainly on the agenda. Um, on top of that, the other thing I was looking at offering is a, an online course which relates to delivering in a program like this. Course would involve a lot of things to do with, the, the, more to do with the actual personal development, the confidence, the skill, the techniques, different little things that I know aren't covered anywhere else because these are things I myself had to learn because I wasn't getting that information anywhere else. So I've created this 10 module um, course which I'm yet to flesh out, but I've got the modules there. I know roughly what I want to complete inside each module, but I do know that then to do it in the way that I think would best reflect the brand that I want to become, I have to do videos and I have to do worksheets and I have to do transcripts. I have to do all the good quality stuff. That's on the agenda. It's ahead somewhere. <laughs> so that's part of it. But then I also learned through some of the experiences I had that I also have a skill that allows me to take people into a very deep process of self-awareness that was also part of learning to feel comfortable speaking and it was it was such a journey I, I i was helping somebody out and that being helpful in that instance led to some very intense conversations which led to some realizations i was like wow i actually can do this stuff when i'm called upon to do it i i was then encouraged to think about if i just did it naturally helping that one person who really needed it Think of all the other people out there who really do need it that aren't getting that support. So it's like, I wonder if there's maybe even like a retreat service that I can maybe offer. So, you know, maybe a four-day retreat where I can take people through the process and it's a quite a deep dive. Um, and each person could get personalised care through what I offer. And you see, everything comes so natural to you, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, if, yeah. Even when it, it, it looks difficult while you are setting it up, but from one comes the other, it is an amazing journey you are on now. What seems to be in the first place something negative yep. can turn into something extremely positive that gives some meaning to your life. Absolutely. And I was always gifted with the ability to talk. You ask anyone who knew me growing up, I could talk a lot. And I was often told that I could talk with a mouthful of marbles underwater. And it's like, well, that's a bit sad. So, and then one of the other things that my mother used to say was that I was vaccinated with a gramophone needle to imply that all I ever did was talk. And I thought to myself growing up, one day I will be paid to talk. Yes. And what you were doing previously, why did you do that, that other job when you are actually so passionate about just talking? Because that seems to be really your calling. Lack of confidence, unbelievable lack of confidence. I had some, I had some challenges growing up, so there were some things going on that weren't easy to deal with, and my confidence has never been particularly good. I had very good false confidence, and I could have that false bravado whenever I needed it to to get me into a situation or out of a situation. But I never really believed in myself, uh, and I was always too busy listening to other people criticising me. Mm. So the lesson for me has the mm. car accident certainly has helped me to stop completely. I mean, I've had to stop. I physically struggled to walk there for a while, so I had to stop. 
And in that stopping, I had to stop and think for a lot. I had a lot of time in my own head, which gave me a chance to stop and think about well, what my world might look like if I don't take those steps and actions. Because in the space of two seconds in a car accident, my entire life's been turned upside down. Why do I want to hold back now? I don't. Let's just do stuff. So I've, I've kind of tapped into the person that I used to be way back in my, in my 20s. I was a bit of a bit of a, a cheeky rat bag so I would go off and do things and just have the the bold tenacity to do stuff but I wasn't guided and I didn't have the mentorship so it was a lot of things I was just falling into and, and falling out of because I just didn't know any better now obviously I'm many years older and I'm feeling like I can play that part as the guide and the mentor I can be that person because life has given me the stories and given me the the tools and the resources to do that so it's sad for in one sense to look back and go oh why didn't i and i do sometimes feel there's many lost opportunities but maybe it's led to this moment that's what it is and i can see you just blossoming it's just the beginning <laughs> it's just like yeah. you just start opening and who knows what the beautiful flower will come out absolutely so. yes for me you are amazing what you are delivering it's fantastic you don't have a background for a psychotherapist, but you do it such in a natural, spontaneous way. You are so authentic. Yeah, that's why people are following you. That's, that's why they start believing in you. They trust you straight away. You're living it. Mm. And that's what makes yeah. it so amazing. Yeah. That's what oh, makes it you. so amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, <laughs> I thank you so much for this conversation. Sounds really good. Well, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this. Okay. See you later. All right. Thank you, Ingrid. Bye-bye. Yes. Thanks so much for tuning in. And before we leave, perhaps something sparked in you. You may have questions or just want to surround yourself with like-minded people, other entrepreneurs and women beyond ordinary. Join our Facebook page and also a closed group, WBO Exclusive Club, where women can be open and where it is safe to talk and get inspired. We would love you to tune in soon. Have a lovely day.